This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We're together for four more years. This is where things kind of start going wrong. He told me that he wasn't ready to get married. The day before, we were supposed to get married. I was like so confused. I was like, what are you What are you talking about? Can you imagine the day before your wedding, your fiance looks you in the eye and says, yeah, I, I just can't do this. Well, if you can't imagine it, you're about to hear about it because that is what this week's episode is about. Hey, what's up? It's Abby. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. So glad that you're here. Hey, if you like this podcast, did you know we have an Instagram page. You can follow us at Breakup Breakdown Podcast. I've got some really exciting things I'm about to post about in the next week or two. So you're going to want to follow so you can be the first to hear about it. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you're a fan, I always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to submit any breakup stories, friendship breakup stories, your own people you're curious about. You know the drill. There's a submission form in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers. I'm really pumped about this episode. This is a different kind of submission this week. So I'm going to be interested to see what the feedback is for this, but I kept getting tagged in this girl's video. She stitched one of those questions, you know, people ask and then, you know, people chime in. The question was, what is the pettiest thing you have ever done after a breakup? If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can scroll down to the Q&A section and I want you to tell me what the pettiest thing you've ever done after a breakup. I'm going to read them on this Thursday's bonus episode. So as long as you're not driving, like pause and answer the question. But her pettiest thing was this. I'm going to play the clip. So after five years together and the day before we were supposed to get married my ex decided that he didn't love me anymore and he didn't want to get married and that's fine i went on our honeymoon that his parents paid for and i took my mom and then when i got back i took my engagement ring and the wedding band that he bought and i went to the jewelry store and they gave me almost every single penny back which isn't as much as what he told me he paid for it doesn't matter but it's just another lie that he had told me but i used that money and i went to the virgin islands for two weeks came back did a burn the dress photo shoot with the dress I was supposed to get married in. And then after our house sold, I wouldn't let him have any of the money and I got a job. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. Look, I know sometimes I lean into the drama, but can we just take a moment for just how devastating it must have felt to hear the day before your wedding, the day theoretically you're supposed to feel the most infatuated and in love. You hear from the person that you're going to pledge your life to that they don't love you anymore. Like, hell yeah, I'd be off to the plastic surgeon too. <laughs> I'd be getting a lot of work done. Really probably would be going to the therapist after that, which I guess we'll get into that and we'll find out if she ended up going to the therapist too. But I think that's my biggest question here. And probably the thing I'm going to dive into the most in this interview is what could have led up to this man just saying, Hey, I don't love you anymore. Five years together is a long time. And you would think before then you would kind of have it figured out whether or not you wanted to get out of that relationship. So I'm kind of at a loss here. I mean, she did some pretty big things after this relationship ended. So it had to have been something pretty big. I feel like it's not just like a, Oh, I'm over this and I don't want to get married. I feel feel like there definitely had to have been a series of events, something that kind of lingered throughout this relationship that in hindsight, maybe should have ended it, but didn't. Or maybe something massive. Like, I don't know. Maybe he was living a double life. Well, I guess we're going to find out. So before we get into the episode, as you know, each week I've been donating to and highlighting a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country. And this week I decided to choose the Coburn Place in Indianapolis, Indiana. I chose Indianapolis because according to my podcast service, a lot of you live in Indianapolis. So of course, only makes sense to let you know about this organization that you can support. If you'd like to donate your money or your resources or your time, you can check out the Coburn Place in the episode description. I'm going to link everything there. Something really cool about their donation website is that they tell you how much money goes towards different resources. So it says like if you choose to donate $15, that's one night of a safe haven for one adult and two children. And if you want to go all the way up to like $1,500, that'll supply housing for one year for one apartment, which is so cool. It's awesome to know where your money's going. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to break down 
um, this week's breakup. I was 19 years old. I'd just gotten out of high school. Me and my high school love broke up and one of my girlfriends was like, hey, there is this guy who is staying in my house for the summer because he's playing on the summer league for the town. I mean, he's single. And I was like, oh, is he cute? Is he nice? Hook me up. And so like, that's kind of how we um, started dating. And he actually lived like four hours away in a different state. We did long distance for a year. Then I kind of completely switched my school plans. I still got the degree I wanted to go for. Instead of doing it in my state, I transferred so that we could be closer. This is where things kind of start going wrong. <laughs> One year together, I moved in um, to my dorm room in the state that he lives in. Some girl messages me. There was this whole setup thing. Basically, he cheated on me for a while and I found out. With the and same person? That messaged me? Yeah. No. So actually, I knew the girl who messaged me and she kind of tricked me into going to Panera for like a girl's night and then the other girl walked in and told me everything. We literally just had an episode like that except eerily similar to your story but they were already yeah. about to get married. Whoa. Yeah. So this is like one year in. I'm 20 years old. I just moved to his state so that we could be closer together. These girls like corner me and tell me that he's been cheating on me and they have like all the proof. They have all the evidence. Of course I'm crushed. I have no family. I have no friends. I just moved here. He's like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, if we're going to stay together, you're going to have to trust me. And so it was kind of rocky for a little bit, but I was like, okay, you know, like I love him. He made a mistake. People do this and get through it. And so like we could be that couple. How long was he cheating on you for? A few months. Okay. Did it stop after that? To my knowledge. Oh gosh. Okay. Continue. <laughs> we continue on and we're together for four more years. So like the engagement part also was kind of messy. We moved in together. He asked my family if he could marry me. And of course I was like, marry me, marry me. Like what girl, you know, doesn't beg their boyfriend that they are in love with to marry them. Right. So I was like, marry me. I love you. And he's like, I will, I will just be patient. Like the typical scenario. And so he asked my family to marry me. He buys a ring and he sets up a plan with my family that he's going to propose. He came up with an excuse that something happened to the diamond and he had to take it back to the jewelry store. So he couldn't propose that time. My family was like, oh man, that sucks. But like, we get it. We got to take care of the ring. A day or two later, I found the ring and it was perfectly fine. <laughs> in the apartment. But I didn't tell him that I found the ring because I didn't want him to know that I found it. Where was so, he keeping the ring? But just out of curiosity. Like in a file cabinet <laughs> in a closet. And so months pass and they set up another plan in the winter time to propose to me. The night before he was supposed to propose, he sent my mom a text and said, hey, I have to cancel the proposal. My parents had an emergency and they're not going to be around. And she goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So she messaged his family and was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hope everything's okay. It must be a big deal for him to cancel the proposal. They had no clue that he had bought a ring that he was even planning on proposing and she totally like outed him but she had no idea like she thought they knew so after that happened my mom sat him down and was like if you don't want to marry her that's fine you have no house you have no mortgage nothing tying you guys legally if you don't want to be with her leave now before it gets messy because it can if this is not what you want she said that he sat in front of her crying bawling no I love her I want to be with her I'll take good care of her you can trust me with her and so she was like okay and so after that happened and like he was exposed, we all thought we were like, oh my gosh, he's just so scared of his parents because his parents were like, they're a different type. Um, we we're like, it's so sad that he's so scared of his parents that he can't be honest with them about how he feels and that like he wants to, to marry me. So we were like, oh, how sad. So he proposed a week later. We bought a house, planned the whole wedding. I see no signs. My birthday passed and he got me a card and was like to the future Mrs. and then our, our last name to be. He went on his bachelor trip the week before. I converted to Catholicism for him. He sat in front of a priest and was like, she's changed me. I'm such a better man for her. Two weeks before our wedding. So I saw no signs. And the 
then yeah, two days before he was acting weird. And I was like, what's going on? Why, why are you like acting weird? And he goes, oh, I'm nervous. And I said, well, nervous about what? Like nervous because there's going to be a bunch of eyes on us like at the wedding. Cause like, yeah, I guess that's nerve wracking or like nervous about being married. And he would never answer me. He was like, I'm just nervous. So like, that's all I got. And I went to bed kind of feeling crummy. And then I woke up the next morning and the plan was he was going to meet us after work at the rehearsal. And so he got up and he got ready. He gave me a kiss, told me he loved me. And then was like, I'll see you at the rehearsal. And I stopped him and I was like, wait, like I kind of want to talk because something feels off. I don't like the way our conversation went last night. I, I want to talk. And he goes, nope, everything's fine. There's really nothing to talk about. And I kept pressing and I was like, no, I shouldn't feel like this the day before our wedding. Like I should be excited. And I just feel like something's wrong. And finally he told me that he wasn't ready to get married the day before we were supposed to get married. And I was like, so confused. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then finally he said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And um, to this day, that's all I've ever gotten. He's never had any other explanation. Well, great timing, buddy. No kidding. At the very least, the marriage license wasn't signed, but you guys were now financially bound to each other with the house. Oh, exactly. Which is arguably I mean, worse. Way worse. Yeah. Like, and like my mom had told him months before when the engagement process was kind of messy, like you can get out, like you don't have, if you don't love her, like, and you don't want to be with her, do it now before you have a house and kids and like all those things. None of this has to happen. And he was just begging and sobbing and saying like, no, I love her. When you say he was acting weird, what does that mean? He was at his parents for a while telling them that he was going to break it off. Like he didn't want to be with me while I'm like planning last minute things and getting everything done. And we meet back at the house and I'm like, okay, so your aunt said that they would take this stuff to the venue and I want to make sure you pack. He wouldn't pack for our honeymoon. I want you to pack now because like, I don't want to go through the whole weekend, have nothing packed. And then you're like scrambling last minute and like forget things or whatever. Like, let's just not worry about it. Go ahead and pack now. And he was like, oh, it, it won't be a problem. It won't be a problem. And then he was just like avoiding talking about the wedding and was just kind of avoiding me in general that night and was just watching TV. That's when I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> he's not like giddy. He's not excited. He won't pack. Like what is going on? Yeah. And his parents know about this too, right? Oh yeah. Like I saw them. So that day everybody was picking up tuxes and I just wanted to see what it looked like on him. I was excited. I was like, I want to see what he's going to look like. And so I met him at the store for him to pick up his tux and his dad got there before he did. And his dad knew the whole time and still went and got his tux, picked it up, tried it on and was like, yep, see you later. Like nothing was wrong. In the back of their minds, they're hoping this is just cold feet. He's going to change his mind. Everything's going to be fine because five years is a very long time to be with somebody. So you would think by that point, the nerves have kind of subsided because right. so much of your life has been spent with you. And it's so funny that you say like the whole cold feet thing. My best friend, my maid of honor was with me when we went and watched him like try on his tux and he was in the room like trying it on and we were waiting outside and she yelled at him are you getting like cold feet and he goes they're freezing I was like oh my gosh <laughs> like we should have known but like that's like a common phrase everybody says like the cliche thing like marriage is hard blah, blah 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 and I think there are parts of like life and marriage that are hard but I don't think the person is supposed to be like the one thing that's really freaking you out <laughs> yeah. two days before he's not ready to do this so you don't go through the wet with the wedding how do you even go about having those conversations because I'm assuming people have either a started traveling down to wherever the wedding is or like oh, yeah you know anticipating getting ready to go, yeah. there, go there yeah so what happened was after that we had this conversation and I'm like I left my house our house crying and I grabbed my dog and I go to my mom's apartment and I walk in and my sister-in-law is already awake and she sees me crying and she goes what is going on and then I storm into my mom's room and I tell her everything and she jumps out of bed, calls his mom 
mom and comes back out and says she knew that he was doing this. <laughs> and like you said, like at that time, everybody was coming. My photographer was coming from halfway across the country. He had groomsmen that were in Austria for the summer flying in. His own brother had to fly from Florida to come. People were coming from everywhere. I was distraught, right? Because like my whole life just like blew up in this instant. And so I was just like crying and like couldn't think straight and, you know, didn't know what to do. And so my family that was already flown into town for this wedding kind of tackled all of that for me. They called all the vendors, the venue and everybody and like canceled it. And they called as many of guests as we could. From my knowledge, we told them to take care of their guest list and people still showed up at the church from his guest list. The day that we were supposed to get married. Are they like calling you being like, hey. <laughs> calling him, I guess. Oh, okay, I don't know. Yeah. This is what someone told me. And they're like, yeah, he didn't call everybody. A few amount, but like some people showed up. So yeah, we had this house. We immediately were like, no, he is not staying here. My family that was already in town, they wanted to throw all of his stuff in the front yard. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Like he is, I'm not giving him any leverage to like make me look bad. So I was like, no, we will put it in the garage and we will let him still be able to get into the garage, but we'll change the locks to the house so we can't get back in the house. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. The people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition. But I gotta be honest with you, I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great? Or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive and not that great for you? That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you gotta do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef crafted. So they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals. Whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. That's what we did. And when we went back to the house to do this, we had found that he had already packed his bags because he knew he wasn't going to stay. You're like begging him just to pack for the honeymoon. You're like, can you just please pack for our weekend away to the Maldives or wherever? And he's like packing his childhood trophies and everything else. (laughs) You have no idea. Like his toothbrush gone. He knew. He moved back in with his parents and like, whatever, that's fine. Okay, so you're telling me that people are blowing up your comment section about your house. Why is that? In the video, I said I wouldn't let him have any of the money and I used it to get a boob job, which is true. But we were supposed to get so much money back from the house, but we didn't end up getting that money back because we paid closing. From my perspective, I was like, I should have all that money. And I'll tell you why. Before we even 
Ben bought the house the month before, he couldn't even afford rent. I had to pay his half of rent in our apartment. And then we bought the house. Well, he couldn't afford rent. He couldn't afford the down payment. So the down payment was completely through me. And my mom gave us a gift for our wedding as a little portion of the down payment. So he didn't pay any of the down payment. That's why I was like, um, I feel like you shouldn't get to just not have to like pay me any money. Like, and I have to find a new place to live. I have to hire movers. I have to, you know, do all these things. So all of the money we should have earned, you need to pay me that back because I feel like that's rightfully mine. And then especially from like the wedding, his family didn't pay anything for the wedding. My mom paid all of that out of pocket and it's all down the drain. We got none of it back. So I'm like, you just drained our bank accounts when you knew that this isn't what you wanted. And I don't feel like that's right. You need to pay me my half. Yeah, I mean, you essentially gave him a free gift of a wedding that he then decided at the last minute he didn't want. And not to mention the wedding. I wanted a tiny, like low key, intimate wedding and him and his family wanted this huge wedding and invite like everybody they ever knew but they didn't contribute to the wedding like at all that's money that we paid to have this wedding that they wanted and then it's just like down the drain I totally think that's fair girl I think you should enjoy those yeah. new boobs I definitely enjoy these new boobs <laughs> I know you said you didn't really get much closure as to why he was doing this but did he mm-hmm. ever like explain why he waited so long no like I, I literally have gotten no response what I did ask him I was like how long did you know one time when we were face to face because we had like financial things to figure out together so we're supposed to get married in October and he told me since at least August at least two months if not longer pretty much most of the engagement was fine I mean other than like a a couple weird red flags I mean not even real red flags until like the week of (laughs) what do you think changed in August well I have my assumptions I can't confirm these with any facts but like we helped him get a job at the same time which I'm kind of like just kind of figuring this out at the same time he oddly started going to the gym late at night I was like oh he's trying to get fit for the wedding and like this fits with his schedule like that works but when he cheated on me the first time he also went to the library late at night and at the time I didn't think that was weird because we were in college so of course he's gonna go to the library so now that I'm like thinking about it I'm like hmm that's weird and then after the house sold and everything like was done when we broke up before the household actually I was like I feel like there's a woman I really feel like there is and it's he's not gonna like expose her or like introduce her to anybody until everything is final and like we're officially done with each other and then once we're officially done then he'll like show her to the world and then lo and behold a girl that he met at work and him start dating the next month classic when did he get the job was it in august it was in summer yeah like july or maybe i don't know i can't remember so basically what you're saying is the timeline kind of lines up to where the timeline lines up i can't confirm it because i have no facts but like it's a little sus (laughs) we're throwing a big fat allegedly on this right allegedly met someone in maybe july or august and then you all of a sudden start dating right when we broke up oh that's weird and now you're married oh so they're married oh he stayed with her and they moved in together and then they got engaged like a year and a half later after we were supposed to get married same ring (laughs) no from the the pictures people have seen sent me of screenshots like it's not the same okay good we had an episode about that last week so i was like "Mm, i wonder if you made it (laughs) you know what's so funny and kind of the thought that i always have in the back of my head when I hear stories like this when they end up with somebody else is that in her story this is like the big romantic gesture that he did for her where he's like he canceled the wedding two days before 
before. I'm like, <laughs> like wow, do you really think you won in this situation? Like, do you see all the red flags and like the horrible things he did and you think you lucked out with this man? And then I also keep thinking, especially like around the time that they were getting married, I'm like, so did you use the same priest? Did you invite all the same people? Like, did you use the same vendors? How much is this, if this is similar? And what are your guests thinking? Like, I was supposed to go to your wedding a year and a half ago, but now it's like, I'm going to your wedding now with a different woman? Like, what is going on with this guy? Well, can you imagine like the guests that showed up to the church the first time? They're probably like so nervous. They're like on the way. They're like, do we think it's happening? Like, should we turn yeah. around? I don't know. Is it really going to happen this time? You know, what's really bad is I talked to one of his roommates from college because we were still friends and whatnot. And he goes, you know, all the guys in us from the house were talking and not that anybody should do this, but we figured like after we heard it, like if any of us were going to do something like that, it would be him like for sure. And I'm like, that says a lot about how your friends feel about you and like what they think your character is like. Why do you think they said that? He was the type of guy and this is probably why I stayed with him for so long is like he would do something but then he put on this like really really sweet and innocent act. I'm so sorry like that's not who I am. He was really really good at that and I really think that's why I stayed with him for so long and I was so sucked in and was like yeah he's he's really a good guy like people make mistakes. I'm just like a really loyal person. That's one thing that really aggravated me was because I grew up in a split household and I know what that's like. One thing that I always told him was divorce is not an option for me. When I get married, it's going to be for final. So this is serious for me. The fact that I feel like he kind of took advantage of that because like, no, we didn't get married. We didn't get divorced because he broke up me the day before. But in this sense, like everything else was already done. Knowing how I felt about all that and then he still did this, it's just like, it tore me apart. If you're saying this throughout your entire relationship of, I don't want to have a split household, I can imagine like leading up to the wedding, he's probably having like a panic attack of like, this is forever. She does not want a divorce and yeah. probably triggered him a little bit, honestly. Yeah, maybe. Do you regret not leaving him the first time he cheated on you? I know of people who've had that in their relationship and they got through it and they truly are stronger for it. So I don't think it's impossible. But for as young as we were at that time, I shouldn't have had that mindset. Like I should have known that I deserved better and I didn't have anything tying me to him. I should have got out then. I really should have. Part of me does regret it because like my whole college experience is everything that I went through with him. So I didn't get that traditional, like fun college time. So for that reason, I kind of do regret it, but I learned a lot from it. Well, what did you learn from it? Stand up for yourself and not to take any shit from a man. (laughs) So that's kind of a common theme that I see, especially with infidelity or any kind of emotional abuse is that you or somebody in your situation is typically isolated from their friends or family. And in this case, like you are in another state. I'm assuming paying out of state tuition for this man. I had to like completely rebuild my life. Like I said, no family, no friends. I went in. I only knew him. We didn't live together because we were like, we were way too young for that. I'm still in college and whatnot. But like to see where things went, we were already a year in. That's why I did it. And I was like, what? It'll be fun. I'll get out of the state and, you know, I'll get my degree and see where things go with this guy. And that's where it went. How did you move on? Because I mean, that's kind of where our story began was you talking about the happiest thing you've ever done. So what was the first thing you did? So the first thing that I did, my mom and I were like, do we go on? this honeymoon. So because his parents gave us the check for the honeymoon. They're like, we want you to have a good time. And so they gave us this check and we decided that we were going to put it in my bank account and then I would buy the tickets. We were like, we can either waste this vacation or we can go and I can either be sad in Nebraska or I can be sad in Iceland and have a little bit of fun, which I think at that point I kind of deserve after everything I've been through. So we ended up going. It was hard because I had planned so many like romantic things like this was supposed to be my honeymoon and now I'm here with my mom. There were all the photos that I've showed and shared like 
online from it. Um, I was pretty open about it because I think like the healing process and going through something like that, it was already very public. I was important for me to show people that it's okay to not be okay. That's kind of why I was like public about it the first year and on my like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. But like the photos I shared, those were the good days. But I made sure to like in a week or so when I was crying, like I made sure to post, I was okay last week, but like this week is hard and I am feeling it. I was pretty honest about that. But when I came back, I went to the jewelry store he bought it from. So they knew me, they knew him. They gave me the money back. They said, you can either get the money back or you can just exchange it for another item. So I got a necklace and then I got some money back. And with that money back, my mom and I went to the Virgin Islands. Beautiful. It was amazing. I needed that like time to myself. And my boss at the time was super understanding. She was like, I can't imagine what you just went through. Take the time you need to heal and you come back when you're ready. Like that's what I did. And again, there were good days on the island and there were bad days on the island. Like we were at the beach several times and people were like setting up for a wedding. And then that would just like spark like all these emotions. And then I would just like cry. And then I would like get a margarita and I was fine. What does a bad day look like on your would have been honeymoon or this mommy moon that you went on? Like what would be a hard day for you on that trip? It's hard not to just think about when I'm like sitting on the beach and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. And then I see a couple or the wedding that's going down, especially on the honeymoon. We went on all these excursions and I'm like, ooh, yes, stay busy. Keep your mind off it. This is great. There is this one couple and they were so sweet, got engaged on that vacation and followed us like through because like there's like a route that you take in Iceland. And so they happened to be following us and going on all the same excursions. And at the beginning of every excursion to the whole group, the people leading the group would be like, and let's have a round of applause for the happy couple. And that was terrible. Like it was awful because I'm like, I'm trying to get away from this and it's just following me. And then after the excursion, we had our fun. We'd sit in the car and drive like two hours to our next destination. And that time, like a song would come on and I would bawl. And my mom's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> there's nothing you can say. Like my fiance left me not even yeah. at the altar before the altar. What would a good day be like? What are some good moments you had on those vacations? We went to the Blue Lagoon in Iceland and we got like pampered. We got face masks and we just sat in this like lagoon and drank and we just like had the time of our lives. I mean, just like the excursions that we did. Those are the things that like when it got my mind off of it and we were just laughing and having fun. Those were awesome. But then once the laughter stopped, it would also like just kind of sink in and you're like reminded of what, why you're here and what happened. Yeah. So there were good times and there were bad times. It comes in waves and you it know, does. when it, it hits hard, you got to let it hit. When it's nice and it's good, you got to ride that wave. Because those feelings are valid. Like you can't tell me that after five years and the day before your wedding, you're not going to be upset. That is so much time and investment. And like I had my whole life planned and that plan is gone. I mean, I think those feelings are valid and like you have to share them. And then like another example of that, like I set up with one of my best friends to do a burn the dress photo shoot. So I did that like in December after we broke up because I tried to sell the dress, but no one would buy it. And also who would want that dress? Like that dress is kind of like a bad juju, right? I was like, you know what? This would make me feel good. I think when my friends brought it up to me, they're like, I saw someone else do this. Like you should totally do it. So I reached out to one of my friends who's also a wedding photographer. And she's like, heck yeah, like let's do this. Like the week before, I don't know what possessed me, but like I was in a horrible place and I took the dress, I put it on and I just cried in my room. And I was just like sitting in my dress bawling. And the next week I took it and I lit it on fire and it was amazing. So like, that's a really good example of like a good day, bad day. You've been pretty vocal about this on social media. I'm curious, has your ex-fiance seen any of this? Has he had any kind of reaction to it? Um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of impossible at this point for him to have not seen it, but he's never said a word to me about it. Years ago, like when this like really first happened, I did like that put a finger down trend on TikTok. That kind of went crazy, but like nowhere near the way this did. And at that time I 
had some like author like reach out to me and was like hey like your story's kind of crazy like can I write about it and I said yes like and so I gave them my story but they couldn't publish it for some reason in their country because it wasn't in America they couldn't publish it without like him having the opportunity to say anything back but they reached out to him they called him and everything and he refused to answer probably just wants to move on which sorry dude if you're listening to this (laughs) you can come on the podcast and tell your side bro come on let's do it tell him everything I'm here for it what was the best thing you did for yourself while you were grieving that relationship I don't know just like letting myself feel those things that I felt and like being honest about it because I feel like it's so easy we're trying to get out of that I think as a society like already you're allowed to not be okay you're allowed to feel those things and I think like letting myself feel those things and being vocal about it some people have reached out to me and been like what you went through and how you're handling it and being honest about how you're feeling like good days bad days and whatnot that really helped me me helping them helped me at the same time because I'm like yeah you know like this is okay bad things happen in your life you're gonna have those feelings you're gonna grieve but then how you handle it and move on from it is like what's really important and that's been like one of my favorite things about doing this podcast even though these stories are so crazy and and out of the blue (laughs) there's something everybody can relate to and I think when you realize you're not alone and somebody else who took something good away from the experience it's so healing well and like even on the TikTok that I just made that went crazy like there's been several girls that have commented on they're like my ex just did the same thing to me like what do I do I'm like you just have to feel the feelings you have to go through it and give yourself the grace to heal like everything you feel is valid well that's awesome that you've been helping those people out and I'll end on this note like if there's anything you could leave my audience with or any piece of advice or words of wisdom from your experience what would you leave them with know your worth and don't settle for anything less tune in on Thursday to hear me co-worker Justin and maybe Lexi break down this week's episode and also read your submissions about the pettiest things you have done after a breakup and we've got another episode of course coming out next Tuesday I have been calling this my John Tucker must die story if you haven't seen the movie John Tucker must die that probably makes no sense to you but next week's story is kind of like the real life version but like maybe more chaotic you'll see I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next